This is the Reach and Teach podcast, broadcasting from the epicenter of everything spiritual. Your hosts, Randy and Dan, taking extremely average to an all-new level of podcast excellence. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, for those listening uh, that don't know us well, that is an attempt at self-deprecating humor. We we certainly realize we're not the hub of much of anything, uh, but we are uh, grateful to have a chance to to do this podcast and uh, hope that we're we're inspiring something. So we have huge aspirations, but also uh, recognize our place in the universe. Dan, we're going to have a great interview today with uh, the Shaners and with uh, Denny. Uh, I know you know Denny a little better than I do, but I've been getting to know him well. I probably know the Shaners a little more than you, but um, I'm just really excited about today. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time up front here because of the length of the interview, but uh, why don't you just talk real quickly about what the goal of this whole podcast is. I know we mentioned it last week or last time on on this, but just kind of expand a little bit. Yeah, well, one of the things we've been most excited about, Randy, as you and I have talked, is the opportunity to hear what God is up to um, in our church, in individuals we talk to, uh, in our area, and even globally, especially globally, really, Um, because I think there's a lot of insights to be gained when we step back a little bit and look at what God's doing on a bigger scale. Um, But today, as we we listen to the Shaner's share, I think there's a couple things for me. One, I hope people will will listen and think about whether they want to get involved with what the Shaners are doing and, and how God's moving in and through them. Uh, but even more importantly to me is uh, as we explore what God is up to, that people begin to kind of have a better sense of how to pay attention for what God is up to in, through, and around them. And, uh, and so I think the Shaners give us a great opportunity to hear from someone uh, you know, from our community, from our church family, who uh, have been through this process of of just trying something, and you know, in terms of uh, the missions field, and then really sensing God calling them to get involved, and and so they flesh out what that looks like a little bit, and I think it's a real treat to hear from them. Uh, it's always exciting to hear how God started a ministry, how God stirred people, how God brought forth people's passion. Um, and I think we have a great opportunity to do that with the Shaners today. Uh, we also will be introducing on the podcast for the first time uh, someone who I suspect will be a regular with us, and that's Denny Willis. And we've asked Denny in the beginning here uh, of the interview to give us a little glimpse of who he is and what he's all about. Um, but uh, for those who don't know, he's just an amazing guy, wonderful part of our church, and uh, I think it's going to be a real joy to hear from him as well. Well. Um... Let's get right to it. What do you say? Let's go. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, today we are joined by some special guests that we'll introduce in just a moment. Uh, we're also joined by our Director of Global Outreach, uh, Denny Willis. Denny is an amazing guy I've known for a long time. Uh, he is just a wonderful man. So grateful to be able to work with him. Uh, he also bought me chicken wings within a month of me being back in Buffalo. So he has won my heart forever. Um, he is a, a great man, and um, I'm very pleased to invite him uh, to our podcast today. So if you'd welcome uh, Denny Willis. Denny, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your role, and then if you'd introduce our special guest, that would be great. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. Uh, I serve as the Global Outreach uh, Director at Watermark Wesleyan. Um, I serve as uh, volunteer staff 
And my responsibilities are um, developing uh, missions teams uh, to send out short-term teams. I also work with all of our global partners uh, with financing, keeping relationships uh, going, building those relationships. I also do uh, a lot of training uh, for teams, uh, identifying leaders with inside of our church and, uh, and just uh, working throughout our, our whole global department. Um, and today I'm really excited because I got some friends of mine who serve alongside me on the uh, on the outreach committee committee uh, that's uh, Judy and, and Tom Shaner and I met them a few years ago when Judy and Tom had a holy disturbance and they're going to explain to you what that is and I would just like to welcome Tom and Judy Shaner. Thank you. Thank you Denny. Yeah we met uh, Denny I'd say right about two years ago um, at Spot Coffee and um, we are involved with an organization that my husband and I co-founded called Peak Partner Missions. And it truly was a holy disturbance, is a holy disturbance for my husband and I. And um, I'm going to let my husband um, start the journey with you because it began with him and then I came alongside him. So I'm going to turn it over to Tom and let him talk to you for a little bit and then I'll chime in. Thank you, Jude. Uh, yes, it's so great to be here, and uh, thank you, uh, Watermark Wesleyan, for hosting this podcast. Uh, we uh, are just humbled and uh, very appreciative uh, for a moment to share our holy disturbance. So uh, it was back in 2011. I just had retired as a, a teacher, 38 years teaching in Orchard Park, both elementary and middle school, and uh, I had been supporting Haiti from uh, the states, you know, doing uh, collections, doing uh, fundraising. And I finally had an opportunity uh, to go to Haiti. And in 2012, which is really just two years after the major earthquake they had, um, I ventured to Haiti and uh, saw the destruction that still remained and uh, saw a lot of amazing people, uh, God-loving people. And uh, specifically, I met a man named Pastor Reginald Constant. And uh, he was our driver. Uh, little did I know that he was a pastor. He was an auto mechanic by trade. Uh, a pastor by day, auto mechanic by night, possibly. Uh, but uh, he said, uh, Tom, I want to show you my place. And uh, I, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, and he kept saying that from time to time during the, the mission trip. So finally, I said, okay, Reginald, let's go up to your place. So um, the journey to Belo, Haiti, uh, where his school and church is, is uh, not for the uh, faint-hearted. It's... Uh, maybe half the way on pavement, the other half on rocks, and then the other half on prayer. Uh, the road wound up the mountain, uh, past civilization, uh, right to the top of a mountain. In fact, this mountain is so high, you can see the highest mountain from our vantage point, from our town. Uh, Mount Sel is just across the valley, and Mount Sel is the highest mountain in Haiti. So, uh, he took me and uh, a few other uh, people from Buffalo. Howard Rich. Howard Rich, uh, one of our parishioners, yeah, uh, to this, church, uh, this school. And basically it was a circus tent, a small circus tent uh, with several holes in it already. And uh, inside the circus tent were six classrooms, approximately 40 students uh, attending school that day. And he told us this was his dream, to make a school and a church at the very top of the mountain 
roughly three hours south of Port-au-Prince. And from this point, uh, my heart was touched and uh, my holy disturbance was lit uh, to build and help walk alongside Pastor Reginald Thompson uh, to build a church in Belo, Haiti and a school. And so uh, Tom went for, I believe, how many years uh, back and forth? Seven years. Seven years. I was um, assisting him by staying home and watching the kids so he could um, go on the trips. And I was working full time as an elementary teacher. Uh, he was retired at that time. And so I supported alongside of him. Um, but all along, um, I always felt like that um, God had had an assignment on my heart. And at the time, we were attending a different church, probably about five or six years ago. And I was doing a, uh, a daily devotional study about uh, Joseph and um, the dream that Joseph had, which ironically we're, we're looking at now at our church. And uh, we were asked to kind of um, look at what we felt God's assignment was. And I always felt, I knew that my heart was called for children, um, being uh, an educator. Um, I, I didn't quite know where it was, but I, I knew that it was not here. In, in the United States. I knew it was in another country and I wasn't quite sure if it was Haiti or not. I wasn't sure if that would be what my what my assignment was. And I remember talking to my friend Lynn Rich, who is Howard's um, Howard's wife and who is on our board now. And I said, Lynn, I just know that that's gonna be what I'm doing. I'm gonna work with children in another country. And Lynn was in the Bible study with me and we I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, I'm going to walk with you on that. And I get goosebumps when I think about it because Lynn is my partner. She has walked alongside of me. She is on our board. And and God has just um, shown his hand in everything that we have done so far to say that this is his kingdom work. And from that point on, I, I had to continue to work. And so I walked along Tom. I walked alongside Tom by partnering our school, the school I worked at with um, the school in Below. So our school became a partner school. A public school became a partner school with a Christian school in Below, and we did fundraising and things like that. And then finally, I retired two years ago, and I was able to go. And um, at that time. Um, I was reading another book about uh, a strong uh, biblical story about a hero uh, named Esther. And I was in a triad and I was reading Esther with two other women before I left. And um, my first day I was traveling up that road that the town was talking about and I was so excited to finally be there. And um, we got up to the, to the school, which was no longer a tent. It was a, it was a building that was constructed of cinder blocks and um, couldn't wait to meet the children. And, we brought lots of things. I taught Bible lessons through an interpreter and got to be in every classroom with the children and just loving it. And then it was time for recess um, and the kids went out and recess for them is basically just going out and playing in the dirt because there's nothing out there to play with. And I noticed that some children were eating and I said to um, Pastor, I said, is this snack time? And he said, no, this is also lunch time. And I said, but there's hardly anybody eating. And he said, I know. And I said, what do you, I don't understand. And he said, 
well, we, we, we don't have a facility. We, we don't have the funds or the facilities to serve lunch. And this is typically how many people or how many children actually bring lunch. And my heart was so heavy. And even now, I am happy when I remember that day. And I, I know that, um, first of all, as an educator, you can't instruct children if they're hungry. You, they can't learn if their tummies hurt. Um, and also, I just felt at that moment that God put that on my heart. And not only was I meant to be at that school, because that is where I belong, but that was the very first thing God wanted me to do, was to feed those children. And so I remember leaving there that day and going back to the guest house. And I remember sitting at the guest house with my book, which I have here. This is the book I was reading, Esther. I think it might be backwards, I'm not sure. But um, I was showing these guys on Zoom. And, um, and I thought, God, look at it. I want to help you out here, but, and this is why I'm telling people about a holy disturbance, if you have one. I was like, I want to help you out here, but I'm just a teacher. I don't know how Tom and I are going to go back, raise funds, raise money to do this. And so I went back, and I'm reading Esther, and I'm reading the story and getting back into this book. And she, as the queen of Persia, was given favor you know, to go to the king and ask the king to spare the Jews' lives that day. And God will give you favor, and he will be able to walk alongside you, go before you, go with you, if you answer a call or an assignment that he has given you. And God has shown time, Tom and I that time and time again. So, we just feel so honored to be a part of this mission and it's been, it's been a journey for sure. And, um, you know, we just, and, it, and your mission doesn't have to be across the country in Haiti. It could be anything here, uh, you know, right alongside your neighbor or whatever, but sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone so that we can see God's hand. And I think that's what we've seen. We have, gotten out of our comfort zone we've gotten uncomfortable we've gone into avenues where we don't have talent but that's where we see it's god's hands so that's a little bit about our journey that's fantastic um i'm just sitting here listening and uh denny thank you for the intro and all that um then that struck since i've been there so often i am sure you have some stories to tell could you think of one and Maybe share us just a story that comes to mind. Uh, uh, you know, the, you so well shared how when God guides, he provides, but maybe you can get more detailed and share about somebody. Well, I, I personally was touched by the faith of the Haitians. Uh, sure, there are a lot of souls to be saved uh, today, but uh, they are a strong, uh, faithful people. And uh, you might say, how can they be uh, in such abject poverty? Well, it's almost like the, it's the poverty that brings them close to our, our Savior, to our Lord. Uh, so let me just set the scene here. I, I'm sleeping at the guest house. It's probably 4.30 in the morning, and uh, the guest house is uh, amongst the more uh, middle-class neighborhoods. And uh, I hear the rooster crow. 
And, you know, most of the time you don't, you don't expect a rooster to crow uh, till a little bit towards dawn, but it was 4.30. And then uh, I woke up a little bit and I said, I'm, I got to go to bed, back to bed. Well, a moment later, I heard singing. And it was not one person. It was a, a multitude. It was like a choir. And they were singing songs in Creole. And I, I got up in my bed and just listened. And it was coming from next door. Now, I knew there was a church next door, but little did I think that, you know, they'd be having service at uh, 5.30 in the morning. It was beautiful, too. Yeah, beautiful. Judy has since uh, attended that service with me. Uh, so Howard Rich and I got up, uh, put on our clothes, walked through the door quietly, about 50 feet around the corner, and we walked into this church service of people before they go about their day, uh, probably about 15 people, uh, women and men together, just singing praise to the Lord. And that's how they started their day every day. And uh, I, we, we just started crying. We did not know what they were saying because we didn't speak the language that well. But uh, God touched our hearts, Howard and I. And uh, to this day, and Judy will attest, we always attend church with these people uh, around 5.30 in the morning each day. And uh, God, God just showed me that, yeah, these people are rich. They're, they're rich in ways that I can't even describe, you know. Wow, that's 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 just uh, cool. Uh, if I could say it any other way, it's just cool. Um, tell us a little bit about how somebody, if they wanted to find out more about your ministry, do you have like a website? Can you share some of that, your connect information and how somebody might support you guys? Yeah. Well, right now, uh, it's interesting that you ask that. We're, we're in the midst of a virtual fundraiser as we know that the COVID-19 COVID is impacting the United States. You can only imagine how it impacts a third world country like Haiti. And uh, our, our mission, the support, of course, is prayer, prayerful um, uh, mediation and for the country that has been through so much. You know, it has been through earthquake, cholera epidemics, um, uh, hurricanes. hurricanes and uh, just political, political unrest for many, many years. And this particular virus would have a, a very catastrophic uh, impact or is will in the future as it's coming to Haiti a little bit later than the United States. So um, as we support a community like Haiti, we try to respond to their needs and not impose what we feel they need. And one of the things that we've really used is a book called um, When Helping Hurts. And it's really an excellent source. And it just helps us make sure that, um, as I said, that we are, all, we are working alongside all of them and not, again, assuming that we know what's best. So we've been in, um, in close contact with Pastor Reginald and keeping a watch on what's going on. So. Normally, our mission uh, in support, which we ask our supporters, is we pay we fund teacher salaries. We pay for the um, the food so the children can have a hot lunch, and and we were able to start that. The year we got back, the following spring, we were serving lunch. So uh, that's the kind of we, the funds and support we need are for that. But we are now being responsive since the schools are closed in Haiti. And we have um, on our webpage, which is 
peakpartnermissions.org. And we also have a special COVID-19 page that we'd like you to go to. And you can see what we're doing. Um, our focus right now is education. Um, the people up in the mountains are not getting the information. They do not have running water. They do not have electricity. So we're, we're mounting an education um, initiative. Uh, hygiene stations. We have purchased 40 hygiene stations. And we, we, meaning Peak Partner Missions, supplies the water for those stations. We have a cistern that supplies clean water, potable water for drinking, as well as the hygiene stations. We also supply the, um, at times, we're going through way, mu way more water than we have in the past. So we are supplying truckloads of water. Um, we have supplied uh, we, the teacher's salaries. We are continuing to pay those teachers, even though schools are closed, because it's an important, we, we, uh, we honor and, and honor the work that those teachers are doing. So we will continue to um, pay them while school is closed. And also, uh, lastly, we're in the process of sending funding down for four to 500 masks. So you could support us by um, participating in our fundraiser. Um, you can give uh, right on the website um, through a PayPal button. We're in the process of getting our own 5013C, but you can still give through a tax donation um, site that is walking alongside us as we are working to get our own 501c3. So that would be um, much appreciated, but your prayers, of course, for Pastor Reginald and um, the country of Haiti and, and the people of Bayville. Do you have an email address that you could share with us that people can mm -hmm. email you for more information? Yep. Yep. Uh, Randy, it's peakpartnermissions at gmail.com. Okay, we'll try that. P-E-A-K, yeah, the peak of the mountain. And you can also follow us on Facebook. We have been posting a lot, and also there's all different ways to donate on Facebook. So we'd love for you to like us on Facebook. That would be another way you could support us. And if somebody needs to contact Watermark Wesleyan Church, they can also make the connection to you. Um, it's funny, as you're talking there, we're talking about water, schooling, just basic food, things we just totally take for granted. Mm -hmm. Don't even think, I don't think about water ever. And here we are, people, and there's lots of them around the world that you, you're, it's such a, I mean, I, I remember when I was in a place once without any water for a long time, and I had my first cup of cold water, and it was, it was more precious than anything. Um, and the, the ability to provide that is just so huge. Um, did this talk a little bit about more when you first got started, how those connections were made and just some of the, I mean, you took steps and I, when you went back there, they had a finished building. So obviously you had your fingers in that too. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I was curious, I was curious about that too. I, I was wondering specifically kind of along those lines. And by the way, I love Howard Rich. I, I don't know Lynn yet. I, I've met Howard a few times and, um, it was, a it was nice to hear his name. I, I yeah. met him a few times and he, he just seems like an amazing guy. I've heard wonderful things about him and his wife. And so that was, that was cool to hear that. Um, yeah. And kind of along the lines of what Randy was asking, I was curious um, specifically about what kind of triggered uh, the awareness in you that this might be more than just a mission trip. Um, 
and yeah, kind of along the lines of Randy's question, what what were some of those early early days like for you guys? Well, uh, thank you, Dan. Um, there was a there still is a group called Churches in Action. It's a consortium of seventeen churches, uh, mostly in the South Downs, of which the uh, Watermark Wesleyan is one of them now. Uh, I belong to Churches in Action, as did Howard, and uh, we worked through that organization uh, when we began our work in Haiti. Uh, our focus was, uh, as Judy alluded to, uh, water purification. We set up five uh, community water stations. We handed out individual water uh, purification systems for families in their homes. And that's how we got started in Haiti, through Churches in Action. Uh, Judy and I then took some of the responsibilities from Churches in Action, for example, paying the teachers' salaries, and we now uh, have that under our umbrella. Churches in Action does still work in Haiti uh, for water purification, uh, and we work in tandem in, in many projects with the uh, Department of Missions and CIA. Uh, we are there for every step of the way from that tent to the current structure, and uh, my son Noah was part of the building. Uh, many of our friends, uh, we had mission trips each, each year, sometimes multiple mission trips, and uh, we put that building uh, together. It now serves as a school for 160 students, uh, nine teachers. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you said there was 40 students, so now you're serving 100. What? That, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was back in 2012, Dan. There were, there, it started out as 40, but currently there's 160 students and uh, nine teachers, uh, two cooks, three teachers' aides, and an administrator. Seeing some people were starting to um, step away they're step away from supporting and going into different directions. And um, in Haiti, 80% of the schools are funded by NGOs or by um, churches or so, you know, there is a need for people to step in and fill that void. And also, you know, I think it was a journey as far as Tom's involvement and when, um, when he met Reginald and saw the disparity between some of the work he was doing with other schools and the disparity to what was happening up at the mountain with those children, he realized that it was time to, you know, uh, divert his attention. And mm -hmm. plus, I think just Pastor Reginald's passion sure. and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, just he is a selfless, selfless man. Um, and if you would just met him once, you, you would see that. Um, so I think we were struck by that as well. Um, he gives up himself, and everybody mm -hmm. on the mountain knows who he is. When we're in that pickup truck going up that mountain, it's like, Pastor, Pastor, mm -hmm. Pastor. You know, he's the mayor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's not only the pastor, yeah. he's the mayor, he's the driver to the hospital when someone gets sick he's everything to everybody yeah. you know and you want to help him you just want to you know you want to make lighten his load you want to walk alongside him you know he is god's hands and feet up on that mountain and you can't not help but want this mm -hmm. to 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 be to you know be a part of what he's doing and you know what we do is just an honor and a privilege, period, you know. And uh, 
in days to come, we'd love to bring a bunch of uh, Watermark Wesleyan folks to Haiti with us and take a walk or take a ride up that mountain. Uh, we have the infrastructure. We have a guest house that's uh, clean and neat and serves good food, good Haitian food. Uh, we have drivers, we have interpreters, we have uh, real good point people on the ground to uh, make the journey comfortable. And uh, I think we could benefit in so many different ways by uh, seeing what's going on in Haiti, you know, each one of us. Uh, Denny, while we're talking about that, <clears throat> why don't you share about how people can get introduced to um, foreign missions and in the church and how they can connect there and then how also we can add uh, the uh, connect information on the uh, notes of this podcast as well. But uh, maybe you could share a little bit about how people could maybe take a step towards missions with you. Yeah. And Denny, yeah. Um, maybe in that you could mention the giving the uh, you had mentioned they have a matching grant and I think people would be interested in that as maybe a part of uh, how they get involved. So, well, that's one, one of the things that I was really excited about when uh, Tom and Judy and I spoke the other day was um, they've been they've been working diligently. I, you know, I've met them several years ago and and the work that they've put into this this mission is just unbelievable. And they did mention which that got me really excited about a matching grant mm -hmm. and that they're in the process of, of raising some money for the school and for the teachers especially going on uh, with COVID. So that uh, if you go to their website, um, there's a way to donate there and check them out on Facebook. And uh, we, we can really, uh, by partnering with them, uh, really make a change in so many people's lives over there in Haiti. Um, as far as getting involved in Watermark Wesleyan, um, we, we, have, we have a couple different ways to do that. We have um, a local missions right here in the South Towns where you don't even have to travel is all you got to do is, is get to the site where we're working that day. And it might be as something as simple as delivering food out during this pandemic, or maybe making a meal or supplying food uh, with, with our Be The Church effort. That's going on right now. And uh, we're serving hundreds and hundreds of families right here in the South Towns. Uh, there's also Helping Hands uh, that as uh, this pandemic eases up, we'll be going into um, into people's homes where that they're in need uh, and doing some small uh, projects for that. Also in the city, we're involved in Jericho Road and several other ministries um, down, down in the city, 716 ministries, there's ways to do that. And as on the global end, we're in um, four different countries. Uh, we're, in, we're in the Congo, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. We're also in uh, Zambia, Africa and uh, Lebanon with um, uh, hard for Lebanon and YFC. There's different ways that you can get involved is, is, is by signing up for one of our trips and actually traveling to see uh, what is going on in these different countries. And, and as Judy and Tom talked about, we're not on our, going over there to change anything. We're not over, going over there to set the world on fire, but just to help them lift the load, come alongside them and work with them. Another way to, to go or not, uh, to, to be part of the mission is, is obviously giving. These, these trips aren't uh, cheap. There is a cost for going. Um, there's ways that you can give uh, to uh, individuals or to the mission's budget um, in general. And also the, the biggest thing, the thing that we need the most of is 
prayer for the individuals that are traveling outside the country, but also prayer for our partners that are working so diligently inside the country. I've been on the phone quite a bit over the last couple of weeks talking with our global partners. And, and I know the pandemic has hit the U.S. really hard. But when you talk about third world nations, as, as Judy and Tom mentioned, and, and um, seeing what they're going through, um, we really do have it well here. We're not, we're not worried about where we're going to get um, water from. It, we just turn our spigots on. But when you talk third world nations, you know, um, things over there are quite a bit different. Thank you, Denny. Um, anything else you'd like to share? If you have a, maybe a little story to tell about somebody individual over there, or one of the kids? Well, I'll share our Bible uh, motto from Micah 6.8, okay? And we live this, uh, we pray this each day, uh, and I think all of us on this uh, call do. Uh, we are called to be workers of justice, lovers of mercy, with a spirit of humility. And I think, Randy, that's one of the things that uh, just is centermost in my mind, to be a humble servant. Uh, the one thing these people have uh, is a poverty of being. And we don't, we don't want to make that worse by our presence. A poverty of being basically implies that I don't think much of myself. And uh, you see it sort of uh, behind the scenes uh, running an undercurrent uh, with relationships with people in Haiti. But you, don't, you want to encourage uh, 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 equality and a humility. And uh, when I ask the Haitians to pray for me, I mean it. And they just welcome that. The American needs something from me. And just like uh, I need something from them. And it's just such a joy to uh, express that humility, to express that mutual need for forgiveness. Uh, we're all broken. And I tell them that, and we need their prayers just as they need ours. That is fantastic. Amen. Dan? Is there, uh, just one last question here, is there anything in particular we can be praying for, for you guys or for the folks in Haiti kind of on the ground right now? Uh, what an amazing ministry you guys have. It's so cool to hear about. Um, I'd love to have you guys back at some point. Uh, we actually had planned about talking more about the book, uh, When Helping Hurts. And so I'd love to get, you know, some of your perspective maybe in that discussion. But um, but for now, if you, if you could just, you know, if there's one or two things that come to mind um, for how we can pray for you and then uh, also for the folks um, in Haiti. Uh, for... For us, I, I would ask prayers for wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. Um, with everything that we do, that we honor God, all the decisions we make um, moving forward. Um, and I, I think the, the prayer for uh, we really have um, weighs on our hearts sometimes is just prayers for protection for Reginald. Um, it's, you know, it's, Haiti is a can be a wild west <laughs> sometimes and we just pray for protection over him um he doesn't really you know have a second in command at this point you know so we just pray a mighty hand a hedge of protection around him so um that that would be wonderful did, did you want to add anything and prayers for the uh, children of haiti uh they make up a huge proportion of the country and uh, we've always put our faith in them and our, our, our hope in them, and we want them to flourish and to uh, 
be educated and to live just like the kids in America. So uh, God bless the children of Haiti, please. Absolutely. Hey, Denny, um, just before we wrap up here, would you be willing to pray for those things and lift uh, both Tom and Judy and, and also uh, the requests they mentioned? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just uh, I thank you for this moment uh, that, that we're able to share uh, Tom and Judy's story. I pray, Father God, that uh, as Tom and Judy have, have shared uh, their hearts, that other hearts will be touched and, and that their, their hearts would break for, for what Tom and Judy have shared. I pray, Father God, for, for protection on the children of Haiti, on Reginald. I pray, Father God, for this ministry to prosper, that I pray that there would be just hordes of people that would want to come alongside Tom and Judy and their board and help them with the heavy lift that, uh, as running ministries. We just uh, we thank God that, that there's people like the Shaners that are willing to give it all, that to follow what the Holy Spirit has prompted them to do and to be obedient. And we just give all the glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank Thanks you. For your, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your passion and for all, for all that you're doing for the kingdom and, and for Haiti. So we're grateful. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank God bless. God bless you. Too. Thanks again. What a great start. That was a wonderful interview to start this whole thing off with. Um, it, I, I'm inspired. I'm ready to go to Haiti and uh, just would love to do that. And I just think this was a great interview to start with and uh, really kind of invigorate us to missions. Yeah, huge thank you to uh, Denny Willis and also to Tom and Judy Shaner. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we are also grateful for those listening. Um, I have no idea how many that is at this point. We're very early on in this, but uh, podcasting reminds me of a great leadership quote I heard one time. If uh, someone thinks they're leading and they don't have anyone following, they're only taking a walk. And yep. uh, I think a podcast without any listeners is, is very similar. So I hope we can continue to gain listeners. But for those of you who have uh, kind of jumped in early and are checking this out, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please let us know if you have feedback, thoughts, questions, uh, any, anything. We'd love to hear from yep. you. And if you like it, tell other people. And if you don't like it, just keep it to yourself. I think we'd be good. <laughs>